show of the year and what a year it's been it's just uh, unfortunately corpse and his dog bear have been attacked by a, a dog and uh our thoughts and prayers are with him poor bear's not doing too well he had to have surgery corpse had to have surgery today as well on his hand as he went in and uh heroically tried to Rip the dog off of his own dog, um, which is quite the story, and uh, it sounds pretty brutal. Um, to be honest, he's um, he's got pretty uh, badly hurt from it. Um, but I've got Dano here. How are you, Dano? Yeah, I'm good, Mingo. I can't believe the Corbs thing. It's actually a crazy turn of events, isn't it? Yeah, it's insane. Um, did a lot of damage too, but we won't. Actually, we, we won't go too much into that because... It's called a story to tell. Yeah, and it's a good story too. doesn't get much better. He said he had the podcast in the forefront of his mind as he went in to rescue Bear. Yeah. So he knew a good story was coming out. When he had his hooks in and he was going for the rear naked choke <laughs> on that pit bull, he was think- all he was thinking about was the podcast, yeah. I imagine. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he was. So thanks, Corbs. That, that's... That's what we do for each other here at the corner of the round table. Yeah. You know, we, we think about each other. We think about stories that might be good to share. Yeah, and we'll let him um, we'll let him share that when he gets back and he recovers. So we wish Corb's the best. Anything happened with you, Minga? Oh, uh, yeah. I quit my job this afternoon. How does it feel? Feels pretty fucking good, man. Um, pretty fucking good. I went in there, it was the last day of work, I went in there to uh, try and do it amicably with my boss. Um, That was the plan anyway. I'm not going to go into it too much. but Yeah, because he might be a listener. Well, I really fucking doubt that. But the other bloke I worked for ended up quitting two days before the end of the year when I was about to. So He didn't quite make it. He didn't make he he was in the same boat as me, like he couldn't stand the bloke. So he got out and when he told me I was like that man, that's ridiculous because I was actually gonna quit on the last day as well. And um yeah, so I that bloke quit and then I ended up back at this boss of mine's house this afternoon and yeah, I just basically said to him, Mate, I uh just don't appreciate how you kinda handled uh me when I wasn't um, working and uh, sorry when I had the surgery, and um, he was and I, and I and I said like you know a lot of people said you were talking shit about me basically um, while I was off and I was like you know I just don't really respect that at all considering I was like you know open to helping you out when you went on holidays a few months ago and uh, telling you you don't have to pay me and all that sort of stuff and yeah he just started saying. Who said it? Who who said it and what did they say? And uh, I just said, you know, multiple people just said, you're walking, I'm like, it doesn't matter who said it, man. You're walking around while I've just had surgery telling people that I'm soft 
telling Sammy that um, I'm going to come back and bludge after I did a solid for you just a few months ago. I'm like, that's just not on. And then he said to me, what I say to people is my business. And then shit just kind of like... That is a good quote. When, yeah, what I say to people is my business. And I just went, oh, yeah, I did not fucking take that well. And she got pretty fucking heated from then. And um, it escalated pretty quickly and it ended up out in the front yard and we were in each other's face. There was a lot of yelling, a lot of cunt being said. A lot of ground was covered. And uh, I ended up getting told to leave his yard um, for standing in his face, calling him a cunt too much and whatnot. So I left there on very bad terms, but I'm very happy because there's no bloke I've met in the last, like, few years who deserved a fucking spray like that more than that guy. And uh, I'm feeling pretty invigorated, to be honest, and I'm ready for uh, a change next year, going back and work for some normal people that don't have (laughs) fucking emotional problems. You had it coming, I think, Minga. (laughs) <laughs> for any sparkies listening I know we've probably got Hundreds out there We've got a guy here That's Well he's employed by the Corner of the round table <laughs> But um, Yeah he's ready to go back to work After Christmas So Job offers Hit us up in our Instagram Messages mm. my, my, my skills are I'm really good at calling you a cunt <laughs> Yeah <laughs> If you, <laughs> you want to be called a cunt By your apprentice <laughs> <laughs> Minga's your guy. Yeah, if anyone's looking for, if anyone's looking to get a good, a real good verbal fucking dressing <laughs> down, you, yeah, give me a DM me on the. Uh, if you Instagram want a third page. year apprentice to tell you how it's done <laughs> and how to treat people, <laughs> Minga's your man. That's right. But onwards and upwards, and I am fucking excited, man. I, I feel so good. I've been waiting to do that for so long. I'm happy for you, Minga. It's probably been a weird day, <coughs> but um. Yeah, it's it's been a weird day, but I'm I'm happy to I'm happy we're here now because there's a lot to talk about. I just thought of something, Minga, that we haven't discussed prior to this, and I think you're going to like it. Now, last Wednesday, I don't I don't know if I brought it up in the potty, but I went to footy training, Byron Maggie's, mm-hmm. and um, I don't know I just feel like I need to play footy or do something. Um, and footy training would be the only thing that I sort of feel pressured to do. Yeah. But I just found out today that your old mate Andrew Swallow has just signed up to be the player coach of Byron Bay Magpies. Yeah, that's right. Um, did you know that? Yeah, he was telling me about that. <laughs> I th- probably, uh, when did I see him? Probably uh, eight months ago now. Yeah. And... Uh, yeah, I was working on his house. Um, and yeah, he might have mentioned something like that. Oh, he must have only told we, you. We, te- we text. He must have only told you. Yeah. yeah well, okay. I don't know. He might have been keeping it under wraps. He Did he tell you to keep it under wraps? No, he seemed pretty open about it to me. Why didn't you tell me? Oh, I don't know. I just don't know. You know, it's just between me and Swall. Yeah, okay. Well, um, yeah, it was weird seeing him at training, Minga. He, he, what he, did you think of him? I thought he was a great bloke. He's a, he was such a good bloke. So we, um, I, I was rusty. I think I've already given you the little rundown of how I went. Did I? No, you haven't. I haven't. No. Oh, Minga, I, I'm slow, right, at running. I'm slow at a few things, but I'm very slow at running. 
Now, I've played footy my whole life. Mm. Everyone that I've played proper footy like for a while knows how slow I am. But in the runs and stuff at training and preseason, I don't. I never come last. Like I'm never the the, you know. The, you truly are the tortoise in the tortoise in the hare story. Yeah, but I'm. There's always going to be ten guys behind me. Yeah, you know, in a, in a in a run. Anyway, we we get there. Me and AJ rock up. They've already done a warm up lap. We rock up and they're doing like knees up, heels up, which is a sort of a stretch kind of thing, but it's. What do you call it? Ballistic or static? Ballistic. Uh, it's where you're moving and stretching, not just sitting there touching your toes. Anyway. Ballistic? Is it ballistic? I've never heard it called that. What do you call it? Maybe um, like statics when you're not doing that. Yeah. Is it uh, anaerobic? Oh, no. I don't think so, bigger. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we join in and they're already doing that. There's no introduction or anything like that. We just jump straight into the drill, into the warm up. Next thing, the fitness guy who was this big fella, intense, who looked pretty fit, he's yelling and he goes, Get into a line, boys. Have you done Indian file before? I don't know what the real word is, if there is one, but. Nah. So, so it's basically where you, you line up like a caterpillar mm-hmm. and you run around the boundary line. And the guy at the back has to sprint to the front while everyone's jogging. Yeah, so it's like they doing the cycling in the velodrome, in the teams. Maybe. You know how they do that? Not really, but... There's like four of them on the cycles going around those velodromes and then yeah. one of them like always peels off to the front and then there's like another team on the other side and then they, they go to the screen on the side of the track and they both of the teams like come past at the same time. Yeah, okay, well, maybe it's similar. Sounds exactly the same. So the person in the back basically gets, gets a, the whistle goes, the person in the back has to sprint to the front and you do your lap. We go straight into this lap. I'm, I'm blown away that we're even doing this at a pre-Christmas footy training session. Is we it do, hard? Is, I just thought we we're going to have a kick, to be honest. Yeah. So we, we do this Indian file lap. I think you had to do maybe three sprints for the lap. As we're getting towards the end of the lap... It was a big lap because the ground didn't even have a fence. So it was quite, it was bigger than a normal one. Oh, it's a big field. Big, I don't know what it was. It was just paddock. Anyway, we're getting back and the guy goes, all right, now run the second lap at your own pace. So I'm thinking, fuck, like what's your own pace? Like my own pace is pretty slow. Anyway, I get to the front. Everyone starts sprinting. And I'll see these guys are just going past me like I was standing still. And I felt like I was running on the spot. Anyway, I look up and there's about 20 people in front of me. I think to myself, fuck. I don't reckon there's that many more than 20 people here. <laughs> so I turn around. There's only one guy behind me. And he's not far behind me. He's maybe two metres behind me. What's his problem? <laughs> I don't know what his problem is, but it's me and this guy neck and neck. Yeah. And I'm thinking, fuck, I don't think I've ever come last. How big is this bloke? Is he a big bloke? He's, he's, he's at least six inches taller than me. And, and he probably have 15 kegs on me as well. Shit. And I'm thinking, fuck, I've got to beat this guy, you know? And we weren't speaking and we were clearly last, me and him. And we were, we were standing within a metre of each other next to each other. And I thought, I wonder how this is going to happen. And he, mate, I go, mate, I'm fucked. And he goes, yeah, me too. And we're running. And you know it. I guess this happens 
even when you're surfing or something, you know, when you had like those silent battles with people, you want to paddle faster than them or in this case, it was we were running. And I thought, yeah. is this guy going to try and burn me the last 20? Yeah. And I thought to myself, I don't have any me to burn this guy. So if he wants to do it, it's his. He fucking burnt me, Minga. Did he? He burnt me. I, I came of last. Of course he did. Yeah. I came last. I thought you were going to say he had a prosthetic leg or something. <laughs> I've come last and it, fuck, it felt pretty shit. And I, I know no one probably saw it. That is bad. It's bad, man. It's bad. Because usually the tortoise wins the race. Oh, not this one. No, nah, not yeah. this tortoise, Minga. Well, that, but that's the that's how the story goes, isn't it? Yeah, well, it didn't go to script. Right. Mm, so. Well, I, haven't, I haven't read the actual book, but. Um, yeah, the tortoise wins. Yeah. You know what might happen, Minga? What? Byron might make the grand final. Yeah. I might get best on in the grand final. Ah, yes, of course. And that yeah. would be the yep. story. This is only the well, beginning, Minga. I'd say that's almost a certainty. This is only the beginning. Yeah, because if that story is anything to go by, and I think it is, it's um, it's a slow race. Yeah, something's got to go, it's got to happen here. Flags aren't won in fucking December. This, that's one of the first sessions I've done before Christmas in my life. Yeah, you're right. That wasn't the end of the race. I um, I told my dad about the run, um, and he's he's he might listen to this podcast because he's our number one listener. But might be the only person who listens. He, he um. He suggested that I, that I, <laughs> that I tell them because I obviously haven't played for three years. He suggested that I tell them that I've lost a bit of pace. They're not going to know that I was slow to begin with, so I've got to tell them that I've lost pace. Told another one of my mates, and he said, "Telling him I've lost pace won't do. That I've got to um, tell him I've had a severe injury in the last three years, and that's where my pace has gone because fast people don't just get slow." <laughs> so he's told me to tell him that. I've done both my Achilles tendons. <laughs> oh my god! No, do turtles? I don't think turtles have Achilles tendons. Oh, I don't know, Minga, but yeah. But anyway, back to Swallow. He was there. Now, anyone that doesn't know much about AFLs, he he was a champion North Melbourne player, captained him for about six years, three best and fairest. I think he played two hundred and twenty odd games. He was a gun, very solid player, really good player, lot of heart, lot of heart, Minga, and. Great fellow at training. You, you'd know, obviously, because you guys are pretty close. But, um, yeah. yeah, he didn't look – he wasn't very big. He, he was no, no, he's not. No, 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 no bigger play, than me. Play, plays above his weight. Plays above his weight. He I would, always say that to him. I say, you know, you, you, you've really – you've always played above your weight. Ever since you and, guys were and, kids. Yeah, and that's what I – and to be honest, that's what I – and me and the community respects about you the most. Yeah. Um, geez, he was clean, Minga. Yep. Yep, quiet. Showers twice a day. <laughs> Very well groomed. Yeah, clean with, clean with the, f- the footies as well. Yep, didn't miss a target. <laughs> it cl- yeah, clean, clean. How much better was he than everybody else there? Because because a guy like that would have to be so much better than everybody there. It. Like, be pretty amazing you'd to think, kind of watch, wouldn't it? You'd think you'd have to be, at minimum, eight times better than the next best player, wouldn't you? Well, I'd say more. Yeah. 
because he's not a loud guy. He blended in in some drills. But then, obviously, I knew who he was. And now he's often in my lane and stuff and we're kicking. Mm. And, geez, he was just a class above. Yeah. The ball was just glued to his hand, dropped it right on his foot. And every nothing missed the target. It was fantastic. Was he talking a lot? Well, he's the he was the captain of North Melbourne when we actually were we were making finals and stuff. Like he wasn't that. like a rah rah kind of guy, mm. but he leads by example. Leads by example, and he was also probably the most inclusive out of everyone there. And I don't think he's even ever played there before. So I think as he gets into this role of coaching, which apparently he is, I think he'll be so good. And it's what a recruit! Like, he's, how old would he be? He'd only be. Late thirties, Mingo, I'd say. Or you'd know. When was his last birthday party? Uh he's a, he's um thirty-eight. Yeah, okay. What'd you do for his thirty-eighth? Do you remember? Well, he's just had something at his um at his new place there, out the back of Byron. Oh, okay. And Possum Creek, yeah. Yeah. Well he told me he's been in Byron for about five years. Yeah, it well, yeah. Not that house. Well, probably four. But um he just, you know, <laughs> He's religious, so there was a lot of a lot of um, clapping, a lot of singing, um, a lot of good vibes. Um, you know, just yeah, good, yeah, good times. Yeah, yeah. Scott Morrison was there. Um, a lot of people from the Hillsong Church and stuff like that, but not not usually my scene. But you know, anything for swell. Yeah, I but I enjoyed it. Also, didn't know what to call him, like what, what? swell, swell. Yeah. Oh, okay. Or swelger. Swolger. Swolger, if you know him well, yeah. You might need a bit, few more sessions. You might you might be able to call him Swolger. Ah, oh, fuck yeah. I was calling him Andy. Well, yeah. I mean, you've only just met him, so. Yeah. Yeah, well, anyway. You'll get there, Mingo. I'll get there, Mingo. Anyway, that's good. I can't wait to see you win best and fairest in the final. Yeah, thanks, mate. Um, now, Mingo Soccer World Cup. Yeah, what a game of football that was! It went to script, didn't it? Uh, went to the script that I not said. Not to the not to the narrative I was trying to sell. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you. I was. Uh, I couldn't have been. I was writing those Argentinians off from the get go. So I guess I should apologise. Uh, I said a lot of things. I brought up a lot of history that a lot of the people from Argentina aren't. Had nothing to do with. Uh, I said they were slow. I said they were old. I said they were cat men. I called Messi a gnome. I said a lot about Nazi sheltering, Nazi harboring German states in Argentina and whatnot. And I would just, I'd, I'd like to apologise now. They've won the World Cup, and in such an enthralling fashion. And I was wrong, and I um, couldn't feel any stupider, to be honest. Jeez, you have. You have really peppered the Argentinians. <laughs> when you put it like that, Minga. Yeah. And don't I feel like an idiot? Mm. Well, I did. I, I feel smart in this case. I was due to feel smart because I've felt pretty dumb a lot lately. Um, but the narrative did go to script, Minga. Mm, but what ch- about the football? The football, though, like, was that not the best game of football you've ever seen in your life? <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. The 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 the, the kicks and the, and the saves and the, and the headbutts and the goals was that not the 
biggest spectacle of football you've ever seen in your life? It was the best spectacle of football that I've ever seen, Minga. 3-0 at um, full-time. Yep. Full-time, including extra time. That's right. Uh, Like uh, Messi scored, Mbappe scored three. Mbappe got a hat-trick. Um, yeah, there was a couple of real good headbutts on target. I, um, yeah, I really, I really like that. What, there were a, a few what good else? Headbutts. What was the highlight moment for you? Oh, probably, probably Salt Bay. Oh, yep, yep. Uh, after the game, probably just seeing Salt Bay on the ground. The Turkish butcher. <laughs> Fuck, it's pretty. He weird. could, he could play. Yeah. He used to play. Yeah, he used to play for that local... T- no, he played first grade. I thought he could... I th- I heard he could have made the Turkish national team. Yeah. Shakhtar Donetsk, I think, is there. Uh, I think he he uh, had a might have even had a bench spot with Shakhtar Donetsk. Now, Minga, I've got a bit of a... Salt Bay, to me, is... is, is he's are, we, not can we, are we done talking about the football, though? <laughs> are we actually done talking about that football spectacle that we just saw? What do you want to say about well, it? Well, I don't know. I think there was it was it was one on penalties, wasn't it? Well, yeah, you watched it. Did you see who kicked the winning penalty? Argentina. Oh, yeah, it was it was good. It was a good kick. <laughs> it it was it was Mingo. It was probably the best kick of the match. Probably the most important kick of the match. Probably the actually. most important kick you ever kicked. Fuck, I've never ne- I've never seen anything like that game. But sorry, back to the Turkish butcher. That it, well, his his input came after the game though, didn't it? Yeah, he he just appeared on the ground. Is there a bit of hasbulla about him? Uh, I think I I think so. I think like um, like what is he? Like, I know he does the salt and the and the elbow and all that, and he he shakes the meat, slaps I it. I think he sti- he. Well, he's got a. I know he's got a restaurant in um. Probably Turkey, to be honest. I'm not exactly sure. At least he's got a skill. But what I'll say is, Minga, he doesn't even talk. No, he's a mute. That's true. It's and it's actually amazing that he's done everything he's that he's been able to achieve everything he has as as a deaf mute. So is but he, the, but, is he a the, mute? But, the Turkish butcher he owns a restaurant and it's incredibly expensive. And I think it's in somewhere like bloody Monaco or something crazy. I don't know. What's what's he stinging for a steak? I saw a, re- a receipt from one of his restaurants once and it was like, apparently it was Formula One drivers that went there. That's why I think it's in Monaco because I'm pretty sure they were in, it was like after the Monaco um, Grand Prix or whatever the fuck they call that shit. Ask Hardman. But um, it was something crazy. Like I think it was like, $150,000 or something wild like that and there was like very expensive bottles of champagne but the meat and stuff on there was like thousands of dollars. Jeez, I wonder what it'd be like. It'd be good to try. Mm. Yeah, well, I just, I don't know, Minga, like he, he just did that silent sort of confused looking face that he does. He's standing there groping the cup and with Messi, I think Messi kind of brushed him at one point at the start. Yeah. Bizarre. It's New York City Steakhouse is in by the way. What's oh, in New York? Apparently. Um, what? Sorry. So, yeah, what? He went up and, what, Messi, Messi brushed him and then he forced himself upon Messi. I think he forced himself upon Messi a little bit and 
There's just so many photos of him on the ground. I don't know how he got on the ground, but he's he's on there. He's got the trophies. Oh, he used to pl- he used to play and he used to play well. I think. Yeah, and I, I guess. think he and I think he's got a little. He must have a little bit of respect around there because, um, it's hard to it's hard to play soccer when you can't talk or hear, because you can't hear any of like the um the calls or anything. You can't hear the. Yes, that's the, true. The, the contact, you know, your your touch and your feel for the ball would become a bit harder. Yeah, the game itself would be harder. So I think, um, you know, I'm sure he'd know some people, but I think that's quite rude of Messi to uh, brush off, brush him off, considering the man, you know, has never been able to speak a word in his life, and he's achieved so much. I mean, Messi winning the World Cup is a great achievement, but so is so is the Turkish butcher. Um, Becoming the sensation he is without ever being able to say a word. Yeah, well, when you put it like that, Minga, I respect him. And I think he uh, it's an insult to put him on the Hasbulla in that category because he has achieved greatness. He's, wa- he's way more talented than Hasbulla. Yeah, okay. He's not just a funny-looking fella, you know? Yeah, well, ha- but Hasbulla can speak. <sighs> I don't hear that coming out of Salt Bay's mouth, do you? Not a single word. But that does make it a little bit impressive. Mm, okay, now... Were you going to shred him? Was it was this going to be another, another disabled person sh- shred session by you over here? I just think... I just think the Salt Bay things... I think he's done better than he should have done out of the salt on the elbow. Obviously, the same as Hasbulla. Hats off to him. Good on him. It's not his fault. He did well. Fucking take it. He got himself on the ground. Good on him also. But how he's got himself into that position, that's that's the fault of the fans. His fans, who are, I think there's like 30 million Instagram followers that are on onto him. People, people are having a crack at him about it. No, no. People, well, he obviously has a fan base. Mm-hmm. It's it's those people that I'm that I've got a bone to pick with. Same as the Hasbulla ones. Yeah, I get you. It's not the people themselves. Good on them. Good on Salt Bay. Didn't have to say a word. Got on the ground. Probably just walked yep. on there. Yeah. Um, you target a much more like a much wider audience. Uh, yeah, I, I I go to the root of the evil. It's just the fans. I yeah, think. yeah, yeah. You're a root of the evil, man. Mm, I'm a root of the evil. So and I respect that. Uh, Minga, I've got a bone to pick with a lot of people about. Hey, while we're on um. Peep, uh, the amount of people. Can we just? Can I just quickly tell you how many people watched the World Cup? Yeah, talk to me. So in Australia, I think it was something like uh, what was it, five hundred thousand on a oh. uh, on like a normal TV, and then three hundred and eighty nine thousand streamed it. So that's nearly a million. Yep. And I think that was live when it was at 2am. And add another two people onto that for us. Um, and then we've got worldwide. I'm pretty sure that it was about 25 billion. Don't quote me. No, I heard there were 25 billion as well. Yeah. Which is a lot. Yeah, it's a lot. Um I think it's a record. Oh, it shattered the record. Absolutely shattered it. So they're getting 25 billion right. 
Don't quote me, but yeah, twenty five billion. No, no, you're right. You heard twenty five billion too. Yeah, yeah. Australia only has what twenty five million. Yeah, a so billion t- times is a- that by a billion. <laughs> yeah, and you've got it. But that's the but that's the world game. So a billion times our population. A billion times, yeah. Has tuned. Which doesn't this. even do it justice, really. It's quite astronomical, isn't it? it? But that's you know, it's the world game. It was a, it was a spectacular game of football. The headbutts were sensational. There was uh, some foot saves uh, that were uh, just stunning. I yeah, I, I'm still just reeling from it all, and I can't wait till the one in the next four years. Yeah, me too, Minga. Yeah. I'm hanging out for it already. Um, do, do you reckon the Messi-Ronaldo debate will still be going? I think that's um, done and dusted, isn't it? Like, you, Messi wins. I don't care who's better, Minga. And obviously, you know, someone's better. And it's pretty much unanimously Messi. But it fucking annoys me how in all sports there's just all these comparisons with the greats. Like, who gives a fuck? It's an opinion. But that was definitely, that battle was definitely really going to be won by whoever would, would win a World Cup first though, right? Yeah, but I'm saying who cares? You don't think it matters that the, that one, like there's a, a duel like that goes on and someone comes out the victor? Why is it a duel? Like why can't we just like both of them? And people that like Messi can like him. Well, think about it like a, like a fight in the UFC. But like, it's not. They're not even competing against each other. They are in a World Cup, but they, they're not really. I, I don't think it's anything the same. I think it's bullshit. And it happens in all sports. It fucking annoys me. Let, yeah. the, let the greats be great in peace. Yeah. But I, I, no, I, I disagree. I, I feel like you have, to, you have to have someone who... If, when you've got, especially when you've got those duels. Going, I, I think if you're comparing them from different generations... It's not, it, it's a bit sillier, definitely. Like trying to compare, you know, Michael Jordan to LeBron James or Kobe Bryant and stuff like that. I think that gets a bit silly. Um, and that's when you should think they're all great and equally as great. But when you've got two guys dueling at it in the same era, I, th- I think that that's good and someone should come out on top if they can. And it was interesting that this came down to um, a World Cup final being what it needed to, you know, solidify Messi as the football goat. Mm. Well, Minga, we might have to agree to disagree on that one. And that's fine. We can do that, yep. can't we? That's what we're here for. We can do it amicably. Yeah. Without calling each other cunts. <laughs> <laughs> well, that is my that is my forte. Don't call me a cunt. <laughs> um, what about that cloak that they put on Messi? Do you think there is it, that any valid airtime on that? Yeah, so the cloak is called a bisht. No, is, is there a T at the end or is it bish? No, there's a T at the end. It's called a bisht. So it sounds like something Hasbulla would say. Uh, or Kendrick Lamar. Bish. Ah. Yeah. yeah, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> I'll do that. I know they can't do that. Whoa, you bisht. <laughs> yeah, or. Kabish, kabish. Kabush, kabush, Um. Anyway. <laughs> So there, the bisht, apparently that thing is worn on special occasions like weddings or celebration of festivals, 
religious holidays celebrated by Muslim marks the end of the month long dawn to sunset fasting of Ramadan. So that is very odd that he would be wearing that thing. But only, apparently too, only a select few people would actually wear it. Like apparently it's like quite like, I don't know. It's a bit like, like not, I think you might have to be like actually somebody to wear the bisht at your wedding or your Ramadan or something. Yeah. Would you don the bisht if you had just won something in um, Qatar? I feel like in the moment and if you got presented with it, you just go with it. And you don the bisht. Chuck, don the bisht. I wonder if you get, you, put, you get to keep the bisht. To be honest, Minga, everyone's complaining that he didn't have his Argentina, like, you know, the white and blue stripe shirt showing and he's in this huge moment of winning the World Cup holding the trophy. Yeah, he, bish- but, he was bished up. But when I saw the photo, I actually thought it was cooler with him in that black gown. I thought he just looked like the godfather of this country holding a trophy up and it looked kind of cool. Well, yeah, well, from what I know about the bisht, is that if you get asked to don the bisht, you don't turn it down. You don't bisht it. You don't bish it. Bish no, you don't bisht it. And that's just that's just how it is. And, and people can say whatever they want, but if you're in that position, you're letting them drape that bisht over your shoulders. And you're asking if you can take it home, and then you pull it out on benders. Do you reckon he's still... To, yeah, he's probably got it. And it'd be sick if you pulled it out on benders. No. Oh. Be epic, yeah. So I don't have I don't have a problem with that at all. Nah, I don't do you? Either. No, I don't linger. Yeah, but you did you come into this thinking that you did? No, I didn't. Okay, I had a problem with Salt Bay. Yeah, yeah. I thought I might have talked you out of it. No, no, no. Yeah. If, if you are are asked to wear the bisht, how do you say it? A bisht, bisht. Yeah. You you don it. And he had it open. You could still see sh- his shirt and, and it kind of made him stand out, which is, and it was all about him. So whatever, mm. take it. Yeah, I agree. I'm, I'm all about that. Now, we haven't actually been to Qatar um, and sampled their national dish like we usually do. Mm. So I'm be, we're the, we did the United Arab Emirates. And uh, so we'll, we'll sample um, Qatar's. Now, it's called a... Majbus, Majbus, M A J B O O S. Ah, Majbus. Yes, you know how to say it. And um, Majbus is a national food in Qatar. Uh, obviously, usually made with lamb or chicken. The dish is cooked very slowly to deepen the flavour. It is served over seasoned rice, accompanied by salad and homemade tomato sauce. Uh, so that's. Essentially, uh, Heinz or Fountain or something, but homemade. Yeah, okay. It sounds pretty good. And now that it sounds a lot like all the other dishes in the uh, Middle East, if I'm honest with you. Well, I guess that's probably how it rolls. I'm sure there's different spices and stuff used, but that sounds an awful lot lot like the UAE's national dish (laughs) that we touched on a few weeks ago. It does sound a lot like it, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah, well, maybe they share a dish, Minga. Um. <laughs> well, they share a border, so they might they might they might share the odd dish. As yeah, well. I don't think the dish would change too much just as you cross a, a road or something. Mm, no, I'm, like, you'd, you'd still be able to get it. I mean, 
how far do you have to go into Saudi Arabia before you can't get him a bush anymore? You know? I think you'd have to go to the opposite end of Qatar. That's like saying, how far do you have to go into um, Thailand before you can't get a, a phone anymore, you know? Yeah. That's exactly it. Where is that line? To be honest, probably not that far over in, th- in Thailand, I reckon, until they stop selling phone. Mm. Could be straight away. Yeah, it could be straight away. You've been there, haven't you? Yeah, I don't remember eating a phone in Thailand. You wouldn't have seen one. No. Yeah. It's awesome shit, but I didn't see a phone. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, um, once again, have you got anything else to say on that fabulous game of football? That, nah, you, that, well, you, that you watched? Well done to Messi. Well done to Argentina. Um, yeah. Yeah, so Minga, the UFC on Sunday, uh, I know you watched it and you tipped the whole card. So well done, Minga. Yep, thank you. Thank you. Um, look, it's what I do. I uh, I watch, I dissect, and I and I tip. But no, I just did that on my own. Usually every card, I just kind of like put a little bet on and just try and pick every fight head to head. And this one, I got it, which is very, very rare. I think I've only done it once before. It does make it enjoyable on the fights, doesn't it? Oh, yeah. 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 I didn't have much on, but I got a very nice collect. Because if you can do it, it'll it'll pay off. But um, pretty good card. Um, I guess I want to... Uh, touch on Armin Sarukian. Um, he fought a really good guy, and um, his first fight in the UFC was actually against Islam Makachev, and he went the distance with him, and like kind of gave him a run for his money. And I actually think, um, of course, besides Volk, Armin in the lightweight division is the biggest threat to that title, and he's on the way up. He's only twenty six years old, so if you haven't heard of him and you haven't watched him. Uh, check him out and keep an eye out for him. But he's been in there doing his thing for a long time. And he is from um, Armenia. And it's he's a very skilled, very good wrestler. Matched it with his arm, which not really anybody else can do. And his striking's not, you know, at an elite level, but it's it's pretty bloody good. And he's, um, I think it won't be too long till we see him and Islam fighting for a title. Um, well, that depends. Yes, it does. Yeah, it might be him and Volk. Let's hope so. I mean, let's hope to God Volk wins that. But, you know. I'm, I'm getting stronger thoughts and feelings for this Volk. Oh, I'm not going to get into it, Minga. But as time yeah. goes on... I, I, I'm growing in confidence. I'm actually growing in confidence. I I am too, but I but I also know that I'm. It's it's there's a falseness to it. You know, it's it's all heart. It's not it's not head. Yeah. But but I'm not gonna sit here and say that I I don't think Volk's got what it takes. Well, he does. Because I do think he's got what it takes. He definitely has. And what I'm it not takes. gonna sit here and say that I don't think he can win because I know he can win. But it's. It's it's a bad matchup stylistically, but we're not we're not gonna we're not gonna we won't get into that. We got plenty of time to get into that when oh, it, geez, when we it could comes talk about around. That for a long time. I know go. we could spend a lot of time on that. Yeah, I just got to try and get Volk out of my mind here. Hang on. Yeah, sorry, sorry. Okay, 
Now, the main fight. Now, we I tipped um, Jared Cannonier to knock out Sean Strickland, and he didn't come close. I feel like um, he just really wasn't really setting anything up. It was a pretty shit fight. Did what you it, just find it frustrating, Minga? Yeah, I was finding it really frustrating to watch. And does Sean Strickland fight nothing like his personality and how he talks? Yeah. Like, how weird is it how he's so laconic and oh, his style is putrid and so it's square and it's like, fuck, what are you doing? Hands it's just, down. It's just jabs. And then about four minutes into a round, he'll throw a combination. Oh, off his jab, it was and then fucked. and then and then like like he he jabs pretty hard and stuff, but none of it is like fight is like you know I'm gonna end the I'm gonna end the fight try and end the fight on this shot, it's 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 a really because he can that was a close fight right Strickland had him on on strike statistically like not by a stupidly large amount, but he had him on strike statistically. Now, Strickland came out and started saying he, it was a robbery and all that shit. The difference is, Cannonier when he was landing his shots, they were fucking like hard shots. Like, he wasn't landing as often, but when he was, like, they were hard. Like, he would, they were like bigger shots. He was trying to take him out. Like, Strickland, one on the uh, significant strike tally because all he was doing was jabbing Cannoneer in the face. Now, I've been looking at all this stuff on Instagram about Strickland fans, and I don't know how you can be a Strickland fan. The guy's a fucking knob. He's like the epitome of a fuckwit American. Um, Interesting to listen to the garbage that comes out of his mouth sometimes. But I just think, like, I couldn't see on there anybody saying to him, like, dude, the reason you didn't win even though the strikes tally was in your favour, was because you were just jabbing the guy in the face. Does that make any sense to you, what I'm saying? Like, if you're, if you're winning on a, on a significant strike thing, but all you're doing the whole fight is just throwing a jab in someone's face. Are they calling a jab a significant strike? Yeah, the significant strike thing's weird. Like, it's it's like they, they, they even tally up, like, strikes that hit people on the hands if they throw them hard enough, man, and they hit people on the guard, you know, like... It doesn't really make any sense, but I feel like if you're just going to jab someone the whole fight, you can't expect to win just because you landed more jabs than they did, like, actually fucking hit you with power shots. You it know just looked I mean? like neither of them wanted to have it, take a risk in the whole fight. Yeah. There was just no... I don't know. Was, no one really wanted to put it on the line. Yeah, and you feel like Cannonier probably could have got... Like, a Strickland hasn't ever really showed, like, a lot of power. Like, you'd think Cannonier been... Because he used to fight at heavyweight and he's... Like he's got a pretty hard head on him and a bit of a chin. He could have just gone in there and like went for it a bit more, but you don't know, man. Like it's I don't know. Are you just frustrated when you watch Strickland doing that silly? Yeah, I thing? hate I hate watching him like that. I like to watch him to see him get knocked out. But um, yeah, it's just you know he's even like calling out Palatan again. A, yeah, to go again. I guarantee he doesn't want that fight, man. Fucking hell. Can you imagine what Palatine would do to that guy? It's easy to... Exactly what he did before, but it's like it's easy for him to call out Palatine when he's never going to get that fight again. Yeah, he can, look tough. He can look tough knowing he's safe. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But that was the last card of the year, and that's disappointing, and I guess we got a bit of a wait till another one, but... Um, 
No, we can dream about the Volk. Yeah, we'll be dreaming about Volk. Yeah, well, um, so Minga, I know you watched the cricket. Did you miss a ball? Oh, not many. Not many. I um, was glued to the TV for... How long did it go for two days? Went for two days. Yeah. Now, that's my kind of test match. I think it was the second fastest ever test match played in Australia, result-wise. That's good. That's a good game. It's not good for it's not good for cricket. Why? It's not good for ratings, it's not good for crowds, it's not good for all those things. But isn't that isn't that not exciting? Now, that's a good point you raise, Minga, because there's been a lot of complaints about the pitch. Now in test cricket, we see it in the subcontinent, we see it sometimes in Australia where these they're playing on these dead pitches in it and it's just like a batting paradise, you know, they're making huge runs, declaring it's just not much excitement, wickets aren't falling. In my opinion, watching test matches, when it's dominated by bowling, it's heaps more exciting. That's what that game was. It was a green, bouncy, fast, juicy pitch and wickets were just tumbling, you know, like there were four innings in two days, which is unheard of in in test cricket. Um Everyone's saying they've gone a little bit on that extreme side of bowler, you know, favouring the bowlers, and the pitch got rated as like you know poor or something for that reason. I like it, um, and I think the batting was poor. I didn't think it was looking very green. It was green before it even started. It was, and so it was moving a lot because it was green. It's juicier and it bounces more. Yeah, it was bouncing more. It zings, that's right. It pings off the yeah. pitch. Okay. When we play on those dust bowls, less bounce, more spin. Okay. Um, when it's green like that and there's a lot of grass, it can still spin pretty hard as well. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, the bowlers sort of just dominated that game. Yeah, I liked it. I thought the pitch looked nice and I was really enjoying the action. Yeah, well, yeah, it's too bad it was short-lived, Minga. Um, Australia killed him. Yeah, I think, I think Australia actually playing pretty well at the moment. Was um, it a pitch? Ta- was it a tactic by the uh, Gabba groundsman in Cricket Australia to present a pitch like that? Yeah, it would have been for sure. But really? in saying that, South Africa do have the fastest bowler on planet Earth at the moment, and Rabada as well. So they've got some quicks. Um, How quick's he bowling? He's bowling like one forty fives, which isn't like your. It's not your. It's not your Brett Lee, Mitch Johnson type speeds. That's the fastest in the world at the moment. Yeah, it is. It's kind of weird. I feel like they all used to be around that 150, the real quicks. Um, yeah. They you, were. You were bowling 145 back in the day. Wow. Oh. One, 140, wasn't it? It was 100. Yeah, 100. Yeah. Not far off. Now, now, Ming, you're in the cricket. Um, there's a selection conundrum going into the Boxing Day test. Uh, Josh Hazelwood available to play for Australia. He's sort of in our best pace attack has been for he's played 52 I'm, tests I'm aware yeah yeah I'm aware of Josh Hazelwood the one on the chopping block unfortunately is Scott Boland not gonna happen the father the only father mm. in the Australian cricket team in our eyes yeah every 30 year or you know around 30 year old Australian man's cricketing father figure at the moment is Scott Boland and only Scott Boland. I agree. And for that reason alone, I think should be enough to keep him in the side. Now, 
Listen, I've never heard of a better reason. Neither have I. And stats and, and theories and all that stuff shouldn't even matter. It's not about the stats, Minger. It's about the, it's about the figure of the man. Yeah, definitely. It definitely doesn't matter about Hazelwood having it, you know, more experience or anything like that. It's um, what are the chances that the selectors and the powers that be well, would be to, to drop a father, a family man like Scott Boland, while he's while he's tendering to it to his young one one young ones? It'd be detrimental to the what do you morale. Say, t- ten- how do you say that? Um, Ten- tendering? No. I know the word you're looking for, Mingo. <laughs> tending? Tending to his young ones. Yeah, tending. Yeah. Um, in all seriousness, I think it'd be mad to drop him. He's averaging 10 in test cricket, which is fucked. Like, your Glenn McGrath and stuff are averaging 21. He's averaging 10. His strike rate's 30. Best ever strike rates are around 50. So the lower the strike rate, the better. That's how many balls it takes to get a wicket. Um, to drop, and then add in the MCG factor. The MCG is notoriously the most dead pitch in Australia. It's a drop-in pitch because they play footy on it. Mm. So the pitch gets removed and it gets put in there. So it doesn't have like a historical type. It's not It's not consistent. Well, it's consistently shit, but it doesn't have its own – like the whack, it's, it's fast and bouncy. And where they get where they get this this mud from that they put it in is tr- in at the MCG they get it from like the Mary Creek or something, which is like where I went to school. Really, and that's that's the that's what the the wicket is. They dig the mud out of the creek. Where they you dig went the to mud school. out. <laughs> now, the MCG is a flat, dead pitch. Scott Boland bowls straight up and down, asks questions of the batsman. It suits him more than anyone. That's where he played last year. He got that six for seven in the Boxing Day test. Is that yeah, crazy yep. thing. So regardless of how he's even going, which is really well in the first place, he should be playing in the Boxing Day test. So I'd be surprised and a bit disappointed if they do drop him. Um, and plus the fact that he is, he is the sole father that we are looking up to at the moment. Now, Daniel, uh, uh, personal question. Um Growing up, did you ever have to witness your father uh, lose his job or his employment and get <laughs> fired or anything like that? Oh, I remember a couple of work incidents that he's had. They might have... Not like calling someone a cunt and leaving on his own accord, but... Uh, I remember some work incidents. Not, not, not bad but I remember them having an effect on me now I feel like seeing Scott Boland get dropped will have an effect on me and I think it'll have an effect on you and many other Australians Mm. Boxing Day is the day after Christmas obviously Minga and it's going to be such a happy time and the Boxing Day test to me represents Christmas holidays and it represents Mm. sun and hot weather and family family yeah and to see to see Scott Boland Get dropped on such a such an occasion, yeah, would really hurt. Yeah, look, I'm I'm really looking forward to this holiday period, and and it's the I know it's the last thing I need. Last thing I need is fucking dad to lose his job. Imagine dad losing his job. Well, there won't be any prawns. There won't be any fucking prawns. 
You'd nah. be lucky to get... You, you won't get a present. Or you'd be lucky to get ham. You won't get a present. You'd be going to your mother's fucking side of the family for lunch. Yeah. You won't get prawns on Christmas. No. We don't need that. The country doesn't need that. And it'd be absolutely absurd if Cricket Australia decides to ruin Christmas. Yeah, Mingo, here's a tip for you. If Scotty Boland plays, he gets the most wickets for Australia in the test match. I don't know if you can bet on that or if it's got to be innings. But if it's... Te- if it's uh, I'm sure you can definitely bet on it and we will be betting on that. He gets the most wickets for Australia if yeah. he plays, okay? They might even have a market up now with him not... Uh, name to play where you might even be able to get better odds if it's up in the air. But I'd like to know now. Now I'll have a quick look. I mean, in another uh, changing the subject here, I heard some murmurs about something about um, Cam Smith. Hang on a second. Yeah, Scotty Boland's four dollars for most wickets in the first innings, and uh, I don't know if there's like a. Oh, we could take a market. It's always it's all like first inning stuff. Weird, isn't it? Hmm. Maybe we could. But listen, that's our bet. That's our bet of the week. That's our. That's actually probably our shoe in of the week and our and our final shoe in for the year. Is Scotty Boland most wickets? Mm. I don't care whether it's first inning, second inning. It's a flat deck. It's it's. It's the father and it's a family time of a year. If there's no, if there's, if there's, if that's not an omen, I don't know what is. He just he's has to only, play. He just needs to be picked. He's the only dad on the field. So that's what we're getting on. Everyone who's listening to this, that's, that's finishing off a good year. Now, we've got some results of how we've gone this year and we're going to have to listen out for the Oracle podcast, which will be coming out a bit later than this and we'll talk about them on there. Um, did you say something about Cam- Queensland uh, origin legend Cam Smith just then? Because we've actually got to wrap this up. No, I was talking about Cam Smith. Yeah. What about him? No, Cam. Yeah, Smithy. He, the golfer. Yep, and origin legend. No, I was actually referring to the golfer. Oh, Cam Smith. Yes. Yes. Sorry, did I say Cam? I thought you said Cam Smith. Yeah. Oh. So, uh, Cam Smith is just yeah. You're right. There is there is news about Cam Smith, and he's just um, he's just got a exemption to play in the Masters along with the other Live Golf Tour players. Ah. And it is a glorious day for Australian sport. Usually, you need to play with a another. Um, Sort of, I usually need to get have some sort of invitation to play there, and for a Queensland legend in Cam Smith to get the call up to go and have a hit around there is, um, I'm extremely proud for him, and yeah, it's 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 fantastic. So why did he get the call up? Is he good? Is he good at golf? He plays a bit of golf. I'm I'm not sure what he plays off. Yeah, fuck. So he's just good at everything. Yeah. And Cam Smith. Actually, also is um, playing as well in the Masters. Yes, right. Well, that's what I've heard. So, how would his back be when he's swinging? Would it? Surely he'd be too stiff to play. No, I think he looks after himself. Yeah, okay. Now, 
um, we've got to, well, we've actually got to wrap this up. Yeah. Uh, so, do you have anything you want to say? We've had a pretty, we've had a pretty good year. It's been a lot of fun for us, but it's definitely um, looking at our pro uh, podcast profile where it tells us like people that are listening and all that sort of stuff. It's really exceeded any expectations we had. Um, I'm not saying it's huge, but it's um, been pretty cool to see that people are actually listening and we're enjoying fun and everyone's hopefully having a bit of fun. Win a bit of money. Uh, I've enjoyed it, Minga, and I'm uh, ready to probably take it to the next level next year if you are. I am, Minga. I'm so so excited about it and thanks to anyone that has listened and anyone that's listened to this episode all the way to the end. So, yeah. We appreciate all the feedback we get, whether it's positive or negative. Keep it coming. Um, and, yeah, we're going to up the ante a bit next year. We're going to get better on the socials. We lack in that department. We're going to do a bit of filming uh, and whatnot. We're going to keep tipping winners, that's for sure. Um, we're going to get some merch. We're going to read some books, so we're going to get better at articulating our words. We're going to get Cam Smith on one day. We're definitely going to get Cam Smith. Um, and Both of them. Both of them. Yeah. And probably the Swolger. <sighs> Thanks, guys. Have a good Christmas. Let's hope Dad keeps his job. <laughs> this has been great. Thanks, guys. Bye. Pray for Corbs. <laughs>